Hello NLEC, it is so good to be with you today. My name is Ezra Boots and for those of us that haven't met before, I just want to introduce myself a little bit. So, I'm based here in Brisbane at Hope Centre. I'm formerly from Melbourne but I grew up in Perth to Sri Lankan and American parents. I'm currently married to the love of my life, my beautiful wife Jo, and we have two amazing kids. In fact, why don't I show you a quick photo of them. This is my son Jaden and my baby girl Indiana. And Jaden is full of energy. He is a typical two-year-old. He's turning three in November and he sleeps well, thank God for that. But when he wakes up, he is ready to play all day. Last time I was with you was in November 2021. And we were pregnant, or my wife was pregnant, with our baby girl, and we were so excited to see her come along. We thought that she would be a great, calming influence for our son. For whatever reason, we had friends that have baby daughters, and they enjoy reading books, sitting quietly, and we just thought she would be a great, calming influence. Well, would you pray with us? Because God has a sense of humor. She's seven months old. She has, dare I say, more energy than Jaden does, and she's not even walking yet. She can't wait to keep up with her big brother. She brings a lot of joy to our world. But would you be praying for us because this could be an uh, exciting next few years. Be praying for sleep. Be praying for our family. But that's enough about me. I'm so excited to be back with you. Uh, your theme for this year excites me. And as I was praying into this sermon and just to be speaking to you, I really had a sense from God that Ephesians 3, 16 to 19 isn't just a theme for the year, but it's a prayer that I want to pray over you. And every time I think of you, I want to pray this into you. Rooted in God's love, this is my prayer for each and every person that calls NLC home, that you would know the love of God that surpasses all knowledge, that in 2022, you will sense God afresh but experience him in ways and depths that you have never experienced before, both personally and corporately. My prayer for you is that you would sense God in ways that you have never sensed him before, whether you have been a believer for four months, four years, or 40, that God would reveal him afresh. What I love about this scripture is it says his love that surpasses all knowledge. So everything that you have experienced to this point, I pray that you would experience a new depth in this year. That 2020 and 2021 and all that those years brought, whether it was good or bad, that they would be a past memory in light of his glorious love for you. That is my prayer for you as a church. That is my prayer for you personally and corporately. So would you bow your heads with me, close your eyes as I pray over us today. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we exist because of that first love. Lord, that you loved us first and because of that we know what love is. Father, I thank you that you know us, each and every one of us, and that you love us dearly. And Father God, I pray that you would give us strength through your spirit, Father God, for all of the challenges that may come up this year, Father God, I thank you that they pale in significance against who you are. Lord, would you give us strength and power through your spirit? Would you help us to know your love so personally that the overflow from that 
would impact those that have not yet met you. Father God, would we be able to see our city changed because of your love for us and through us for our city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today our scripture reading is found in Genesis chapter 24. Now, Genesis is one of my favorite books of the Bible because I love story. I love a great movie with plot and theme, with twists and turns. Even if you see it coming and then at the minute they just switch it up on you, I love a good narrative. I love a story, whether it's a love story or an action story. I just want to get sucked into the story and go along on the ride of narrative. And Genesis is that book. That Genesis is like the original Netflix. In fact, I would encourage you, if you haven't been reading along, this week, pause Netflix just for one night and find yourself getting lost in Genesis, finding yourself through the narrative binge on the stories that you can find in Genesis. There is so much going on. In fact, maybe to catch you up a little bit, there's a guy named Abraham and he has this covenant with God that God says that I am going to bless the nations through you. But the plot is, he doesn't even have a son. He doesn't have children. He's getting old. It's almost impossible for him. In fact, it looks like it is impossible. Then God gives him a son. His son's name is Isaac. And then God tests Abraham by saying, hey, would you sacrifice your son for me? Now that test isn't just for Abraham, it's for Isaac as well. Like that's a crazy moment for everybody. But then Abraham goes on to believe and trust God and his wife, Sarah, she passes away. Then Abraham is getting old and he's getting ready to die. And yet his son, Isaac, isn't married. Now that's important because how can God bless generations through him when his son's not married, therefore has no offspring. So this is weighing heavily on Abraham's mind. And all of this happens in about two chapters, chapter 22 to 24, which brings us to our reading for today, chapter 24. This is where we pick it up, our part of the story. Abraham is dying and he gets his servant to swear and to promise to him that he will find him a wife but not in this land, in the land in which he came from. He didn't want Isaac to go back there, but he did want a wife from there so that they could continue to follow after God. Well, a little spoiler alert, after much work, this servant does find a wife. Isaac marries Rebekah. But if you haven't read this story for yourself, chapter 24, I would recommend that you go read it this week. But what I noticed in this story is that the servant, at the start, he's faced with a problem, an oath that he must make. And we know that it's a big problem because not only does he say, okay, I will do this, but he needs a little asterisk to this oath. That what if? What if it doesn't work out? What if I can't do it? What if? Because the faith for the promise was found in Abraham, but the servant had the problem right in front of him. See, sometimes we can have faith for something, but these problems come right in front of us and they kind of block our view. And that brings us to the title of our message today. Where we start matters. Where we start matters. I want to talk to us about sometimes in life there's problems and things that are right here, but where we start matters. Have you ever met somebody 
that just every time you see them, there's a drama, there's a problem. They're a good person, they're a good friend, but every time you see them, you're like, as you've always got a problem, you've always got drama, bad things happening to good people, it's always chasing after you. Have you ever met someone like that? <clears throat> have you ever met someone in the opposite? That it's like they just have favour that follows them everywhere? Imagine it's Christmas Eve and they're at Chadston for the 24 hours of shopping and you have been waiting in your car three hours just to leave the car park and they show up after work, late night, get a park, first five minutes directly out front, the front door. They're one of those people where it's just everywhere they go, everything they touch turns to gold. You just, every time you see them, they have a goodness of God story. They have all this stuff happening so well in their life. Have you ever met those two people? The one where there's always a problem, there's always a drama, there's always something happening. And then this other person where it's like, it's always good. It's like, there's never a storm in their life. Well, I, I would say, sometimes we have the potential to be both of those people. There's always storms going on, but it's where we start that matters. And when I read this story, I see a cycle, a perpetuating cycle happening over and over and over again. Whether it is good, that's happening over and over and over and over again, or the bad in our world that's happening over and over and over and over and over again, we see a pattern. And the pattern, I believe, is a God pattern. And the question that I want you to ask yourself today, are you living a self-perpetuating cycle or a Christ-perpetuating cycle? I'm going to say it again. Are you living a self-perpetuating cycle or a Christ-perpetuating cycle? The reason I ask that is because when we live a Christ-perpetuating cycle, it perpetuates all of the good in our world. It perpetuates all of the goodness that we find in Christ. But when we live a self-perpetuating cycle, it often starts at our problem. It doesn't start at God. And so I want to take us on a journey through Genesis 24. And what I see that this servant did that helped him to perpetuate a Christ perpetuating cycle. That helped him to start with Christ and move his way through. Even before he knew Jesus Christ, he was understanding that God is for him. And when God is for me, it changes things. Thank God for all that Jesus did at the cross that we can live in the fullness of the promise. But back here, when the promise had started, there's a pattern that we can see. In verse 3, we can see the problem. We can see that he has to make an oath, and he's worried about it, and he's not sure that he can do this in his own strength. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a problem that when you look at it, you're like, I know I can't do this in my own strength. Well, at that exact moment, you have two options. You can do it by yourself, you can self-perpetuate your cycle, or you can do it with Christ who strengthens you. You can let Christ perpetuate this cycle. Well, the servant makes a decision, which starts a cycle, which starts a pattern. We see in verse 12 that he decides to pray, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master. 
which then takes him to verse 17, an action. He goes from problem to prayer to action. And the action is, the servant hurried to meet her and said, please give me a little water from your jar. See, he prayed and then he saw something that could look like a potential answer to prayer and he took action. And maybe that's a word for someone today that, hey, you've been praying for something, but God's saying, hey, would you take a step? Would you take an action towards me? You know that there's an opportunity or there is something in your world where you're like, hey, I'm just not sure and I'm waiting for God. And God's saying, hey, would you move towards me? Would you take action? He took action in verse 17, which takes us to verse 21. It says, without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Problem, prayer, action, reflection. Take action. Take a step towards it. And as you step towards it, have a prayerful moment of reflection. It says here, without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. I love the thought of taking action. Too many times as Christians, we sit back and say, hey, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to do nothing until God opens doors. And and we kind of sit on our hands and hope that God does it all. But God say, hey, would you take some action? And then there's the other side of it where we're just banging down doors and we need to take moments where we've prayed about it, we've taken action on it. Now we have a moment of reflection. We say nothing. We let God speak to us. We look, we watch, we have a moment where we say, hey God, is this the answer to prayer? I've prayed about it, I haven't worried about it. I've taken action and now I choose reflection. And then it brings us to verse 26. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord. He got his answer to prayer. He found Isaac a wife, beautiful Rebecca, beautiful in every way, in the way she looked, in the way she served, in the way that she was generous, in the way that she was kind, in the way that she was eager, in the way in which she trusted this man and his God. She was beautiful in every way. And when his prayer was answered, it, 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 it caused him to pause and just bring worship. Sometimes we have problems in our lives. In fact, they're almost guaranteed. But it can either spark us to focus on the problem, and it's very hard to see past it, or it can spark us to be people of prayer that take action, have reflection, and worship. I want to show you a diagram with these five things. This is why it's entitled, Where We Start Matters. You can see worship problem, prayer, action, and reflection. Where you start on that matters. The best thing about it is you can start on any one of those four, prayer, action, and reflection, or worship, and it brings you back to this place where it perpetuates a Christ cycle in your life. But there is one, because God loves us enough that he gives us the free will to choose him. There is one where it perpetuates a self-perpetuating cycle. If we focus on our prayer, 
if we focus on our problem, your problem will be the biggest thing in your world. But what if you focused on prayer? God would be the biggest thing in your world. What if you focused on action outworking your prayers? God would be the center of your world. If you focused on reflection towards the thing that God is talking to you about, God is still the biggest thing in your world, which brings us always back to a place of worship. Can I suggest that we always start at worship? And then when we worship, our problems look small. When we pray, our problems look small because we're giving it to a large God. Where we start matters. I don't know what's been going on in your world, but as I was preparing for this sermon, and as I was thinking through your theme for the year, Ephesians 3, 16 to 19, that you would be rooted in love, that you would know the vastness and the greatness of God's love for you, that it would surpass all knowledge. I'm confident of this, that whatever's going on in your world, that God is a good God, that he has plans and purposes for each and every one of your life, and that if you would start in a place of worship, that it would shift everything. Maybe you're having business challenges, maybe you're having relationship challenges. Maybe life is really, really good right now and there are no challenges and you're nervous because you're like, hey, this has never happened before. Let that spark worship. Sometimes when I'm going through a really tough time, if I was to be honest, to worship is hard. It's hard to want to just come and sing or pray or spend time with God. But that can be a place of reflection where you remember the goodness of God previously and he's been good then, won't he be good now? Which then takes you to a place of worship. Maybe you love worship and that's just the easiest part for you. Or maybe you are a person of prayer and you start in this place of prayer where you bring your problem before God and say, hey God, I know that you are bigger than my problems and I trust you. And then that sparks this action that moves you into reflection and moves you into a place of worship. This is a Christ-perpetuating cycle. My prayer for each and every one of us today is that we would be people of worship, of prayer, of action and reflection that make the problems in our world look small and then we would stand out from the rest of the world. Because in a world where there are so many problems, there are so many rules changing, there is lots going on and there are a million reasons to just want to just back up and quit and, and not be confident of moving forward. There will be friends and colleagues at university and work that are like, man, why are you so joy-filled? Why are you so hope-filled? Well, you can testify to the hope that you have because you have a Christ-perpetuating cycle. I want to say to each and every one of us today, where we start matters. Start with Christ. Start with prayer. Start with worship. It doesn't matter what your personality type is. This cycle has a place for everyone to start. But the only place that you don't need to start is your problem. It is the least of your worries. It is not the biggest thing in your world. And I want to declare over your life today and this week that God is going to shift things when you would perpetuate a cycle that begins with Christ. So could I get every head bowed in this place?
every eye closed. I want to pray over each and every one of you. Would you interact? I know this is a recording, but would you interact with me in faith? With every eye closed, with every head bowed. And if you're saying, hey, Ezra, I hear you today. I've been looking at my problems, but now I want to look to Christ. I want to look to the God of the creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to to move on my behalf. Ezra, I hear you. I want to be a person of worship. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be a person of action and reflection that perpetuates a Christ cycle in my life. On the count of three, would you raise your hand so I can pray with each and every one of us? It's an act of faith. Right now, one, two, three, with nobody looking around. Father God, I thank you that you see every hand in this place. Lord, I thank you that you know their hearts, Father God, are for you, that they know you and that they love you. Lord, would you move on their behalf as they seek you, as they worship you, as we sit before you. Lord, would we be able to learn from this servant of Abraham, Father God, to be people that trust you even when we can't see it for ourselves, that worships you the moment we see a hint of you moving on our behalf. And Father God, would we be people of worship, prayer, reflection, and action. Lord, I thank you that it does matter where we begin and that you give us the choice where we start. And Lord, we choose to start with you. Jesus, would you move on my behalf? Would you show yourself to be fresh and new today? Lord, I thank you for NLEC. Lord, I thank you they're going to experience your love afresh, not just today, but this year, Father God. And that freshness is going to overflow into their community, into their workplaces, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. It has been a pleasure being with you today. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to hand back to the team there, and I pray that you have a great day, a great Father's Day, and an even better year as you find yourself rooted in God's love. God bless. Take care.